Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. I went home and I was praying and the crowds kept growing and pretty soon I heard a sound. There was a knock on the door and they said, the doctors need to see the snake. They need to know what type of snake it is to determine if there's any anti-venom. So I went over to the garbage can where I'd thrown the snake. I pulled it out and he was still wriggling around and still moving even though he had been decapitated. And I put him in my bag right next to my Bible and I thought of the verse in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. You shall crush his head and he shall bruise your heel. And that's just what had happened. He had bitten the foot of my friend but I had crushed his head just like Jesus is crushing the head of the devil. So I took the snake to the hospital and there the doctors looked at the snake and they realized this is a very deadly snake. This was a Russell's viper. And they said, well, if you're alive in the morning, you'll be fine. Hello, friends. My name is John Baxter with Adventist Frontier Missions. And I'm glad to tell you the story today. This is a story that I call Serpent Sting, But Jesus Saves. Well, our family had been called to serve in a little town in northern India called Mirzapur in the state of Uttar Pradesh. The state of Uttar Pradesh is the fifth largest country in the world by population, with over 210 million people living in a state about the size of Michigan. And our town, our county, had 1.7 million people, and of that 1.7 million people, only 352 were Christians. And only two, my wife and I, were Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Well, we had met the mayor and his wife, and the mayor's wife had an interest in studying the Bible with us. And so we began a series of studies with her and had one lesson and then two lessons. And we were on our way together for her third lesson, walking back to the little room that my wife and our daughter were staying in. And it was just turning twilight as we were walking across the veranda. I had the flashlight out and we were shining it and just talking a little bit. And then she screamed. And I shone the flashlight down, and there were two little beady eyes staring frozen into the beam of the flashlight. And I said to my wife, I called out, I need something to kill a snake with. And my wife ran out bringing a shovel. She took the flashlight and I whacked the snake's head, cutting it right off. And there was that slithering headless snake sitting on the sidewalk. And we shone the flashlight now on the foot of the mayor's wife, and there were rivulets of blood seeping from the two fang marks in her toe. I said, honey, we need to do something. So my wife ran inside, got some charcoal powder, mixed it with some water, and we made up a poultice. And then we covered the bite with that charcoal, wrapped it up in a cloth, and then the only vehicle I had was a bicycle. So we put her on the back of the bicycle. I pedaled as fast as I could. We got her to a rickshaw, put her in the back of the rickshaw. He pedaled as fast as he could. We got her to the mayor's home. He got in the car, and he drove as fast as he could to the hospital. And when we got to the hospital, pretty soon, there were huge crowds of people because everyone heard the mayor's wife had been bitten by a poisonous viper. And so I was there with them, and it was getting too crowded for my taste. So I said, listen, I'm going to go home and pray. I will be back later when the crowd dies down. And so I went home, and I was praying, and the crowds kept growing. And pretty soon, I heard a sound. There was a knock on the door, and they said, the doctors need to see the snake. They need to know what type of snake it is to determine if there's any anti-venom. 
So I went over to the garbage can where I'd thrown the snake. I pulled it out and he was still wriggling around and still moving, even though he had been decapitated. And I put him in my bag right next to my Bible and I thought of the verse in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. You shall crush his head and he shall bruise your heel. And that's just what had happened. He had bitten the foot of my friend, but I had crushed his head, just like Jesus is crushing the head of the devil. So I took the snake to the hospital, and there the doctors looked at the snake, and they realized this is a very deadly snake. This was a Russell's viper. And they said, well, if you're alive in the morning, you'll be fine, which is not really good bedside manner. I went in to finish the Bible study that we were going to have, and we studied about God's mercy and his love and his forgiveness. And I showed them in the scriptures about God asking us to anoint people for healing and for forgiveness. And I asked the mayor's wife, do you want me to anoint you with oil, symbol of the Holy Spirit, that you might be forgiven and healed? And she said yes. And, And so she and her husband and her three children were there. And I said, let's ask God first to forgive us of our sins. And so I bowed and I prayed a short prayer silently. And they said, okay, let's do this. And I said, well, I think you need to take this seriously. And they said, okay, okay, okay. And then they waited and they said, okay, was that long enough? And I said, no, really, this is a serious thing. Your mother's life could depend on whether or not you're you're really asking God to forgive you and cleanse you. And now all the members of that family knelt on the floor and cried out to God, please forgive us. Please spare my mother's life, my wife's life. And as they did so, I believe that God came down and answered that prayer. And we anointed her with oil and prayed for her. And we prayed by faith that his will would be done. I went home that night, it was probably between midnight and one o'clock in the morning, and off and on I get up in the middle of the night to pray for my friend, the mayor's wife, who had been bitten by the viper. Early in the morning, just after dawn, I got up, took a shower, went over to the hospital to see what would be the fate of my friend. And I entered the hospital, and there she was, laying in the bed in the hospital. And she opened her eyes and saw me, and she sat up, bolt straight upright, and said, My God, save me! Jesus, save me! And yes, indeed, Jesus had saved her. He had destroyed the work of the devil who had tried to take her life. And later that morning, she was released from the hospital with no ill effects. And I thought that would be the end of the story. But it's not, because that afternoon I got another knock on the door. It was one of the servants from the mayor's house. And he said, the mayor needs to see the snake. I said, he needs to see the snake. He said, yes, he's hired a snake charmer to come look at the snake. So I went back to the garbage dump, pulled the snake out. He wasn't moving anymore now. Gave him to the servant. The servant took it to the mayor and the mayor showed it to the snake charmer. And the snake charmer said, this snake did not bite your wife. Because if this snake had bitten your wife, she would be dead. There's no one who lives when this snake bites them. And the mayor knew that this snake had indeed bitten his wife. And it was only because of Jesus Christ that she was alive. Now, up until that time, for the past 22 years, the mayor had been an alcoholic and smoking cigarettes. But on that day, that day when he saw that Jesus had set his wife free, he never touched alcohol and he never smoked another cigarette for the rest of his life. The viper was crushed and Jesus saved. I'd like to tell you another story now. This is entitled, Jesus Raises the Dead. We had been sharing the gospel in the town of Mirzapur in Uttar Pradesh in India with many different people. We opened a church in the middle of town and various people would come in. Little children and older people and everything in between. And uh, I had brought a group of young people back to our town to go and do evangelism door to door. One of my friends came down with hepatitis, so we had to put him in the hospital. 
And we had gone to visit him in the hospital to take him some food and check on how he was doing one day. And three beds down from him, there was a group of people gathered around a bed. About 10, 12 people, and they were weeping. Weeping because there was another young man laying there, but he wasn't moving. A couple of the young men who were there gathered around that bed recognized me from having been in the church at different times, and they said, hey, would you come over here and please help us? So I stepped away from my friend's bedside and gathered around with the family and said, what's wrong here? They said, he ate poison. And I put my hand on his wrist and took his pulse. There was no pulse. I looked at his chest and I saw no respiration. And I asked, how long has he been like this? They said, it's been 12 hours. I said, oh my, what would you like me to do? And the young men who had been in the church, who had visited before, had heard that the God Jesus heals people. And they said, would you please... Please ask Jesus to heal him. Now, I had never prayed for a dead person before, but I thought, if I don't say something, if I don't ask Jesus to heal him, he's just going to stay dead, so I will. I will ask. And I said, I will ask Jesus to heal him. But you need to understand that if he gets up, if he is healed, it's only because Jesus Christ raised him. And they said, yes, yes, yes. And I said, no, you, you need to understand, truly. It's because only, only Jesus, no other gods. This family, they were Hindus, and they believed in many, many gods. And I wanted to make sure that if Jesus chose to heal this young man, that Jesus would get the credit, not some other so-called deity. And they said, yes, yes, yes. So I prayed a very simple prayer. I, I think they were probably expecting something a little more dramatic, but I prayed a very simple prayer. Dear Father, I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and I believe that you have the power to raise this young man up and heal him. I ask you to forgive him for his sins, and if it's your will, please, please raise him up, and I thank you that you can do this, trusting in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I opened my eyes, and nothing happened. He just laid there. Which was very awkward for me. I didn't know what to do. So I looked around, and I looked at my friend, and I said, My friend over here, he needs some medicine, and so I have to go to the shop to buy some medicine for my friend. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to go out and go to the medical shop and get some medicines. So I stepped out, and the family, which you could tell they were disappointed, so I went out the hall, I went down the stairs, went through another hallway and down some more stairs, out into the street, went to the medical shop, purchased some medicines for my friend. I came back in, went through the hall, up the stairs, through another hall, up the stairs, and then into the hallway where my friend and this young man were laying. And as I entered that hallway, the mother of the young man for whom I had just prayed ran towards me and grabbed me by the ankles and began to worship me. And I, I lifted her up and said, no, no, no. And I looked over, and there was her son, sitting up in bed, breathing. His pulse come back into him. His color was good. He was alive. 
Jesus Christ had raised him from the dead. And friends, I just marvel, I just marvel at God's mercy. Not only did he raise this young man from the dead, but he waited. He waited until I left the room to make sure that actually I wouldn't get the credit, Jesus would. And I believe that Jesus Christ wants to raise all of us into newness of life, trusting in his sacrifice for our sins, that we can be forgiven and healed. that the old ways of life would be passed away. We would rise up to newness of life in this life, renewed in our hearts and our minds, filled with love and joy and peace, because Jesus is our Savior. And then someday, Someday soon, we will see him face to face and we will be with him throughout eternity. Don't you want to be there, my friend? Jesus gives life. He wants you to be in his kingdom. You may have been bitten by a snake. You may have taken the poison of sin. Whatever it is the devil has snared you with, he will forgive you. He will show you mercy. If you cry out to him, please, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, he will forgive you and he will give you a new life. Please put your trust in Jesus. At Adventist Frontier Missions, this is what we try to do, is share the good news of the hope and joy that Jesus Christ gives and the promise of eternal life. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you want to learn more, we invite you to call us at 1-800-937-4236. That number is 1-800-937-4236. Or you can go on the web at www. Dot afmonline.org that's www.afmonline.org and contact us we look forward to hearing from you learning of how god has blessed you and forgiven you and healed you and given you new life that you might go and tell others about the wonderful plan of salvation that jesus has that he might come soon even so come lord jesus